Let me paint a picture for you guys real quick. Two people. Think about two people. Maybe they're really good friends. Maybe they're close family. Maybe they're two cousins that grew up together. You know, they know each other really well. Maybe it's an aunt and a niece. They're super close, like, like best friends. You know, I just think of these two people. That is until one day, a nasty rumor spreads. And before you know it, one started receiving phone calls and text messages about the other one. Maybe from other family members and friends. Hey, did, did you hear what they said about you? Do you know what they did behind your back? And the rumor began to spread. The next thing you know, the gossip begins to spread. And all of a sudden, what used to be a really strong relationship and a really strong friendship and a confidant, all of a sudden, become two enemies. Gossip destroyed a really strong relationship. And now, when you see each other on the street, you just pass on the other side. You pretend that you didn't see the other. Now when there's a family function, it's never the same. You don't even glance in each other's direction. Weddings are never the same again. Funerals are never the same again. The holidays can never be the same. Because every time you're in the same room with that person, it's a constant reminder of what they said or what they did to you. I hope that throughout this series you've been able to see the power of our words. Our words are extremely powerful and they have the ability to either build someone up or tear them down. I also hope that you've been able to see that there's a connection. There's a connection between how we use our words and our relationships. Your words can and do directly impact or indirectly impact other people. And perhaps you've been asking yourself throughout this series, Danny, why are we talking about this topic anyway? Why do I come to church so I can hear you talk about this topic? Can we just switch topics and talk about something else? Right? Can we just talk about Jesus, Danny? And the answer to that question is that it is all connected to Jesus. And this is super important to talk about because you see, if Jesus lived and if Jesus died and if he rose and he reigns, then there are very real ramifications to that truth. You can't say you believe in Jesus and have put your faith in Christ and in his power to save and then live like the devil or talk like the devil. There's a contradiction in the way that you live and the way that you live that out. There has to be a connection. There's a draw. And if you proclaim and profess Christ with your mouth and in that same breath you slander and in that same breath you criticize or you condemn your brother or your sister then there's a clear contradiction there. By the way, let me just say that there's lots of people out there that say they will never be a part of a church or come to church or be a part of Christianity because they've experienced this very contradiction. If Jesus calls us to love and serve one another and to love our neighbor as ourselves, then our words and how we use them matters. So if it all matters, how we use our words matter, what we say to our brother what we say about our brother, what we say to our brother, or behind our brother's back, all that matters as well. And today we're wrapping up our series talking about gossip. And I know for many of us, that little story that I painted you in the picture, you don't have to kind of conjure up or think of a name because maybe it's your story. Maybe it's the story of somebody that you know very close in your family. <clears throat> now, I think most of us have a pretty good idea of what gossip is. I don't think I need to define gossip for you. And it's because more than likely we've experienced it firsthand. Of course, 
as, uh, as, as we've mentioned a lot throughout this series, it's quite easy for us to see it in other people, to see other people have problems with criticizing or complaining or gossip, but it's very difficult to identify and see in the mirror, isn't it? Now I want to look at a portion of the Bible, it's in the book of Proverbs, let's look at this verse. Uh, and, uh, and this portion of the Bible, it's called Wisdom Literature, the book of Proverbs, and, uh, and sections of the Bible like it. And in the book of Proverbs, we find these little bite-sized nuggets of wisdom and biblical counsel. And a lot of it has to do with how we use our words and how we live our lives. So uh, this message, guys, is super practical. You can literally leave today and apply a lot of what we talk about and, and begin to walk in Christ-likeness and godliness. So let's read this Bible verse together. This is found in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. It's on the screen and it's in your notes that you can follow along. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. What is a dainty morsel? What is that? I don't quite use that in my vocabulary. I don't know if you do. Uh, but think of a dainty morsel as kind of like that favorite snack. You know, that favorite treat, that favorite food that you love to crave. It's a treat that you just can't have one of. You know, for me, it's something like M&M's. Right, especially the ones with peanuts inside. I love the ones with peanuts. I can't just snack on one, can't snack on two. I gotta have the whole bag. By the way, not the little bag that comes with like 16 of them. I need like the monster-sized family fun-sized pack, right? I need to have the whole thing. And once you get started, you can't stop. That's what a, a dainty morsel is. The Bible says that that's what rumors are like. That that's what gossip is like. You can be nearly falling asleep in the middle of a conversation, talking to the most boring person in the world, but the moment someone shares a juicy piece of information about someone else, all of a sudden, what happens? Your ears perk up, right? They're like, I hear they're talking about somebody else. You sit up straight, and all of a sudden, you go from asleep a to fully awake and fully engaged because they're talking about somebody. Except that the proverb goes on to say that it's a dainty morsel. It's a chocolatey, crunchy, sweet M&M that sinks deep into one's heart. You know this. If you've been stunned by gossip, you know exactly the pain, the pain that it can inflict. It's a pain that sinks deep into one's heart. Which begs the question, who does gossip hurt? There's three people that I want to list. You have it there in your notes. You can write this down. Gossip hurts the person that it's spoken about. Gossip hurts the person that it's spoken about. Let's read this verse together, Proverbs 16. We're going to do a lot of reading together, guys, okay? Proverbs 16, verse 28, ready, go. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Some of you know exactly what this proverb is talking about. I can go ahead and move to part two, to section two or the next point, because you know a nasty rumor began to spread or some information that you shared in confidence was leaked, and the next thing you know it separated someone who was once a best friend or who was even a close relative. And now whenever you see that person and you cross the other side of the street, when you receive a text from them, you ignore it. And maybe once upon a time, the two of you were inseparable. But gossip entered, and it destroyed the relationship. You know, maybe it wasn't even so much what they shared. Then it was just the feeling of being betrayed. That you, the trust that you had for them was immediately tossed out the window. Maybe you confided in that person with some sensitive information. Maybe you shared a secret. It was a sensitive issue in your family. Or maybe even an addiction. And you're reaching out to them. Maybe it was just 
You were reaching out for help. It was a cry for help. But now the information is out there. And the fact that you've been betrayed this way hurts you like getting cut by a thousand lies. Who does gossip hurt? Gossip hurts the person that it's spoken about. Who else does it hurt? Number two in your notes, gossip hurts the listener. Gossip hurts the listener. Let's read Proverbs 17, verse 4. You can read it with me. Ready? Go. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Another way to say this is that if you listen to gossip, then you're wrong, right? So it's not simply the act of gossiping, but even entertaining or listening to the gossip that can damage and hurt the listener. If you are complacent in the gossip, you're also participating in the gossip. And the Bible says that that's wrong as well. You can say it this way, what you permit, you promote. And if you sit idly by and you absorb the gossip, then you are actively participating and promoting gossip. Who's the third person that it hurts? The third person that gossip hurts, it hurts the speaker. It's number three in your notes. You can write that down. Gossip hurts the speaker. In Proverbs 25, verse 9 and 10 says this. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip. Read the last part of this verse with me. Ready, go. And you will never regain your good reputation. Are you guys underline the last part of that verse? Uh, that's verse 10 and 25 of Proverbs. How does gossip hurt the speaker? How does it hurt the one that's communicating the gossip? Well, it hurts the reputation of the speaker. You can become known as a person who is not trustworthy. You know, when you come across a gossiper, you never think to yourself, man, I wish I was just like them. Right? You never say that. Instead, your thoughts are more like, man, if they speak like that about that person, I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. You also think, man, I better be careful what I say to this person because they might just put my business on the front page of the newspaper, right? Tomorrow's newspaper. And so you feel like you always have to walk on eggshells around that person. There's no trust. There's no confidence. The gossiper's reputation follows them as someone who is untrustworthy. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we protect ourselves from gossip? How do we prevent it? How do we control gossip? Well, I believe there's two simple things that we can glean from Scripture. And, uh, and we've been reading the Bible thus far. Let's keep it going. Let's continue to read the Bible and see what it has to say about this. What can we glean from the Bible that we can begin to practice and implement today? How to control gossip. Here's the next fill in the blank. First thing, guard your ears. Guard your ears. Listen, you can't take control of what other people say, but you can take control of what you allow to enter in through your ears. And a great temptation for many of us is not simply dishing out the gossip. Maybe you got that under control. But listening to it, that's another question, right? Because after all, who doesn't love a good, juicy story? But you can take control of what you listen to. You can take control of what enters through those ears of yours. Here's a really simple, super practical way to help redirect someone uh, who may come to you with some gossip about someone else. Uh, maybe you don't want to just turn them away or whatever. Here's a, a loving, you know, a real loving way, a gentle way that you can do this. By the way, guys, you don't have to be a jerk about it, right? You can be, in a, in a loving way, you can say this. One of the ways, or one of the things that you can do to guard uh, your ears, you can ask this question. Have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about it? Have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about it? 
I understand you're, you're telling me this. Have you had a chance, you know, to talk about it? It turns out that this is exactly what Jesus taught. And perhaps his most famous sermon, he says this, Matthew 18, 15. He says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. These are the words of Jesus. You can guard your ears by redirecting the conversation and maybe even use it as a teachable moment, a discipleship moment for this other person. By doing so, you're helping them be more like Jesus and you're helping them follow the words of Jesus. It's a discipleship moment for the other person. At the same time, you're guarding your ears. What's another practical thing that you can do? What's another thing the Bible teaches? This is the, the next fill in the blank. This is real simple. You can close your mouth. You can close your mouth. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Let's read this verse out loud uh, together. Ready? Go. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Simple enough, right? Simple enough. For some of you, you just found your life verse. Right? You just found your favorite verse in the whole Bible. You just discovered like, this is it. This is the one. You're highlighting it. Now listen, husbands and wives, I don't want you to go home quoting this verse to each other at home, right? And there's other verses that you can learn. You know, besides this one, you can, don't go home and be like, remember the message, remember what Danny said, shut your mouth. <laughs> don't do that. But one of the best things that we can do in dealing with the issue of gossip is to watch our tongue and yes, keep our mouth shut. Whenever the urge or the desire, whenever the temptation to gossip arises, keep your mouth shut. And if you do, according to the proverb, guess what? You're going to stay out of trouble. And here's the question to ask yourself. If you're ever tempted to engage in gossip, would I want someone sharing similar information about me if I wasn't around? If you're ever tempted to gossip, ask yourself that question. Would I feel comfortable if that person shared information about me if I were not around? In other words, in other words, if I were or if my life were the object of someone else's conversation, would I appreciate that very much? And well, that question actually echoes some more words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Let's read, this is our last verse for, for today. Let's read it out loud. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Ready, go. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Growing up through Sunday school and, and you know Bible lessons, we learned as kids that this was called the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. And I'm pretty sure that if I were to ask you, how many of you would like to have your name and your reputation or your life criticized, ridiculed, and made a mockery of? How many of us would be like, yeah, me, I want that, right? <laughs> None of us. Nobody would raise our hand. So how do we control gossip? We guard our ears. We close our mouth. Rumors are like dainty morsels. They're like yummy peanut M&Ms, right? That, that pierce deep at our hearts. Guys, gossip hurts. It hurts the person it's spoken about or against. It hurts the listener. And it hurts the reputation of the speaker. But as followers of Jesus, we're going to guard our ears. We're going to close our mouths so that we can honor God with our words. I'm going to invite the worship team up here and they're going to lead us in, a, in one final song and in a moment of reflection. And in a moment, I'm going to invite all of you to participate in communion as we remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But before we pray, I want us to conclude our series this way. You see, 
The problem with our big fat mouth isn't our big fat mouth. The problem with our big fat mouth is our broken, sin-stained heart. The Bible says that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And ultimately what we have is not just a big fat mouth problem, but a big fat sinful heart problem. And at the root of gossip is the idea that whoever we're gossiping about is weak, but we are strong, which is why we can talk about them. But the gospel is the complete opposite. The gospel says, I am weak, but he is strong. And if I can focus on someone else's problems, someone else's struggling marriage, someone else's health problems or life choices or struggles, then I don't have to focus on mine. But the gospel says, you know what? My life isn't all together. My life isn't all perfect. And actually, I'm weak. But Christ's power is made strong in my weakness. Because we are sinful, God, out of an immense love for you and for me, came to redeem and to rescue us from our fallen condition through Jesus. Jesus carried the weight of our sin upon his back, and he died in our place, so that in his death we could experience the forgiveness of our sin. And he rose from the grave three days later, conquering Satan's sin and death. And in his resurrected life, we have the promise of newness of life. And all you have to do to experience this incredible demonstration of God's love is to put your faith in Jesus. And if you haven't done that today, then I want to encourage you. You have an opportunity to do that today. The way you can let us know is inside those bulletins, you have a connection card in there. Put as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. Put your name, email address. If you're a regular attendee, that would suffice. But on the back, I want you guys to look at the next steps. And the most important next step that you can take if you haven't made this decision is to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Because the problem with your big fat mouth is not your big fat mouth. It's your big fat sin-stained heart. Sin-stained heart. And Jesus died to grant you the forgiveness of sin and new life. Please can put your faith in Him today. In a moment, I'm going to invite you guys to, uh, to stand up and take communion. And you can sing along uh, as well as they lead us in this final uh, reflection time. Also use it as an opportunity to pray and to repent of sin uh, as we take in communion. I'm going to invite you guys to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, throughout this series, we've been challenged as uh, followers of Jesus to be cautious with our words. There's power in the words that we speak. And Lord, we choose to use our words for good and not for harm. To lift up and not tear down. God, I pray that you would help us be humble people, willing to honor with our lips and our hearts. I pray that we may be a church marked by incredible love of one another and our neighbor. May that be reflected by not only our words, but our actions as well. Thank you, God, for Jesus, who came to heal this broken heart and to forgive us our sin and give us a new life. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.